Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Our first lesson is from the Old Testament, and it is the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our New Testament lesson is from James chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. From James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve disciples scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like wild flowers. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away, even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because, having withstood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires. Then after desire has been conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, 
that we might be among the first fruits of all that he has created. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Please be seated. Thank you. The goodness of God. Goodness of God. Mm. So, here we are. Second week of our series on summer playlist, on those wonderful songs that, uh, that we love. And so here is another song, The Goodness of God. You know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words, right? At least I think that's what they say. And it refers to kind of the deep emotions and the feelings that are emphasized by a piece of artwork, whether that's a painting, a drawing, a meal is a piece of artwork. Uh, anything can be this art. But, and I'm sure that you've had experience like this where you saw a painting or a photograph or maybe it was just a sight that you saw in your life that made, that made you have this emotion that came over you. It made you happy. made you joyful. It made you sad or thoughtful. Whatever it is, you cannot seem to forget it. And I feel that this can be the same way with music. Because you see, for me, and for probably for many of you, music has a way of speaking on a different level than words. I can speak all kinds of words, and on some days, I actually do. But a so- <laughs> That's the first amen I've gotten in a long time. All right. <laughs> uh, but you know, a song or a lyric does more to present a message sometimes than words alone can. And this is why we're spending some of, this, some of our time during the summer talking about the summer playlist. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about some more songs that we're going to share uh, and some of the meetings and the stories behind them. We're going to look at how they guide us in our faith journey and how they might be calling us for something in response. I'm also actually focusing on this during our Pathways Guided Worship on Wednesday evenings, and and this past Wednesday we did Bob Dylan's Chimes of Freedom. So if you want to go back, you want to hear this message of equity and justice uh, that comes out of Bob Dylan's music, you can go back and uh, and check out our social media sites and and listen to that message again. But I'm going to ask that you pray with me as we begin. Gracious and almighty God, God, I ask that, uh, that the words that I speak would no longer be my own. That the words here are your words, your message for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week we touched on a song uh, that talked a lot about God's prevenient grace, that, that grace that comes before, that invites us back in. And that was that song, Love Came Calling. It shared about stories in Scripture of Jesus calling out to people, uh, like Kimberly just said earlier, about calling the disciples and bringing them along with him, inviting them to a new life in love. Well, this, this week our song is one that you've heard before, and I'm pretty confident in that because, well, we just shared it with you. So I know you all have heard this song, Goodness of God. Today might have been the first time that you heard that song. And so through our, though our scripture passages, we can, we can come to the understanding that everything that is good comes from God. And therefore, if it's not good, it's not from God. Of course, you might be thinking, well, that's all wonderful and good, but why is there so much pain and anger and evil in this world? Why does evil exist? Why do bad things happen 
to good people? I think these are questions that we ask quite often and sometimes cause us to to pause in our faith, to pause for a moment and, and really kind of reflect on, wait a minute, why? Why does this? I had a pastor friend of mine express this in a specific way. She said there are three truths that we believe about God, although there are certainly many others, but these are these three that she shared. God is all-powerful. God is all good. Evil exists in the world. Three truths that we have an understanding of. We can reconcile any two of these three at any given moment in our lives, but we cannot reconcile all three at the same time. If we think about it, we can say that God is all-powerful and that God is all-good, but then why does evil exist? If God is all-powerful and if God is all-good, then evil shouldn't exist, right? But then we can also say, we say that God is all-powerful and that evil exists in the world, but then God must not be all-good, And likewise, if God is all good and evil exists in the world, then God must not be all powerful. We can't reconcile all three of those together. And you see, the reason is, is because we need to take into consideration that there is a fourth piece to this puzzle. If God is all powerful and if God is all good and we know God is, then what do we do with the evil that exists in the world? God has freely given one thing away. He's given one thing away. And that makes sense of the evil in the world, and it is this. God has given us free will. Or as John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, would say that uh, we have a sense of human liberty. You see, we have been given a choice in our lives. We've been given this choice. We can follow God's plan or we can walk away from God. That is the story we hear right at the beginning of Scripture, right? In Genesis, we hear the story of Adam and Eve. It's an archetypal story. It is our story. We have been given a certain amount of human human liberty to make choices, and this is where evil comes from. It is from our human choices. Sure, if we all chose the right path, God, God's will for our lives, this world would be a completely different place. It'd be a completely different place because, because everybody's choosing the right path. Everybody is loving God with their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and everybody is loving their neighbor as themselves. But we know full well that not everyone chooses wisely. But God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. James tells us that God does not change. We hear in our scripture passage that that seasons change, that life has variations along the way, but God never changes. God is good. There is a goodness in God. In our song today, we hear about a few attributes of God in the verses that we've shared, and I know that we, we put those lyrics up on the screen for you. In the first verse, we find that God's presence is with us always. We hear that God is with us all of our days, and during those days, we have been held 
in God's hands. It's an image of comfort, a presence, and a peace. Have you felt that God was with you in those times of your life, offering you peace in uncertain times? When things were a little scary, God's peace held you. God's mercy and grace are with us all the time. And we hear this in the psalm that David, that David wrote. Remember that he said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now we're going to come back to this uh, notion of following in just a few minutes. But just know that God's goodness and mercy follows us, kind of like those little ducks. Follows right along. God's grace follows us. And it's always available to us, regardless of what we've done or what we are doing. No one, and I repeat, no one, is beyond the grace of God. In the second verse, we find that, John, that God's presence and goodness is with us, especially in the tough times, in the times of our lives when we experience the, the fires in our lives. And I think many of, I can think of many of your stories as I look out around, across the congregation, the many of the stories that you have of illnesses, of, of cancer journeys, loss of loved ones, loss of relationships, and the times when it seems like life is absolutely falling apart. God's presence and God's goodness were still there with you, are still with us, even if we didn't recognize it at the time. Maybe you can go back and you can think about it years afterwards and then see, oh yeah, God was with me. God was journeying with me. I mean, you could probably think of that time when you face trials and struggles in your life. It, it might be something that happened years and years ago, or it may be a little more recently, maybe a little closer to today. The trial might be something that you're going through right now. But you can also see how God has walked this journey with you and is walking the journey with you. I know there's been many times throughout my life when I felt like I was alone. The times that I thought my life decision had led me to places that I didn't want to be. Times when family relationships were falling apart, when I almost threw my marriage away because I was only thinking about myself. But yet God was always there, guiding if I would only listen. That always seems to be the problem, doesn't it? God speaks. Are we listening? Think of the beginning of the movie, The Prestige, when the voiceover comes over because there's no talking except for one little silent voice that comes across and says, are you watching closely? Are we listening closely? We feel like we, we know the answer. We feel like we know the way out, or maybe we just feel like we're in control of our life circumstances, or maybe we want to be in control of our life circumstances. And it's in those times when we realize God's goodness are always, are always there because we are always welcome back with open arms, and somehow those relationships and life circumstances are redeemed. This is where the chorus really speaks to me because the chorus says this, All my life you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. And when I think this is why, I think this is why we can say that with every breath that we are able, we will be able to sing of the goodness of God. 
Can you truly sing of God's goodness today? Right in the space that you're in right now, can you sing of God's goodness today? Can you feel that God is guiding you and redeeming your life right where you are today? Do you see God's goodness? Do you see it in your life? I think of Jesus' words as they were coming into Jerusalem on that, on that triumphant day and he was riding in on the donkey and he was asked if he would just quiet the people down as he was coming in and they were shouting loud hosannas to Jesus. And if you remember his words back to those leaders, he told the church leaders that if the people didn't shout out the goodness of God, that even the rocks would cry out of the goodness of God. God's creation would cry out from, for his goodness. No one could stop the proclamation of God's goodness. No one could stop the witnessing of the people's faith in that moment. What about you today? What about you right where you are today? Do you feel like those people gather around Jesus on that special day feeling like you need to testify to God's goodness in your life? Who are you shouting God's goodness to? Who needs to hear that message in your life right now? Who do you need to pass a duck to? Who do you need to share that message? And if you're not willing to offer that witness, who will? Who will? Because even the rocks will cry out. God's goodness is shown in many ways, but none more significant than in the one act of God's grace. It is in the gift of God's only Son, Jesus Christ. It's the ultimate good gift that is offered to each and every one of us. Philip Yancey shared a story about this goodness when he he talked about his experience trying to create a saltwater aquarium. Anybody try to get together a saltwater aquarium? Okay. So somebody's going to know what I'm talking about here. Uh, Because I I usually have freshwater aquariums. I never did saltwater. But he talked about all the chemicals and all the ways of trying to get the water just right for all the fish to live in and then to get the plants in there and to get everything set up, decorate it nicely for the fish to be there, and then to make sure that he constantly opened the lid and fed them all the time. But the weird thing was is that every time he got in there to feed the fish, what did the fish do? They swam away, swam into little corners. They were like, oh, no, no, somebody's coming. We need to get away. Every time they would swim into those corners. He said the, per- the fish perceived him as larger than life. They were afraid of him, even though he provided everything that they needed. In order to change their perception of him, he would need to do something drastic, something sacrificial. He said, I think the only way to get the fish to to actually like me is to try to become a fish like them. Yeah. Got to have a pretty big aquarium to do that, but, but there's a lot of truth to that. He would need to incarnate himself. He would need to become one of them in order for them to experience the goodness that he offered. He would need to become a fish. And obviously not, that was not something that he could do, but this, this is what God did for us. 
In God's infinite wisdom and in God's infinite goodness, God became incarnate through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God became one of us so that we could truly see God's goodness. What a beautiful picture of the goodness of God. God loves you so much that he would not spare any expense in order to reconcile our relationship. That is pure love. That is God's agape love. That is the goodness of God. So let me wrap this up this morning by, by looking at the bridge of the song because it goes back to Psalm 23. Remember it is written that says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Now follow here does not mean like the ducks. I'm sorry, Kimberly does not mean like a puppy following you around or desiring nothing but to be in our presence. It's not passive following. The word in the Hebrew that is translated as follow is amazing. The, the Hebrew word is radap, which while translated as follow truly means to actively pursue. To actively pursue. This could be seen as prevenient grace, meaning God's pursuit of a reconciled relationship. Goodness and mercy are pursuing us. Goodness and mercy is pursuing you. Everywhere you go, every decision you make, every step you take in your life's journey, God is pursuing you. Our response is like that of the song. With my life laid down, I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Are you willing to lay down your life? Surrender to God's plan for your life? Are you willing to give up everything that you have, everything that you are, so that God can use you? Are you willing to give all of that up? so that God can use you. Will you pray with me? God, we hear a message, a message of sacrificial love, a message of your goodness. And God, you call for a response from us. You call for us to, to lay down everything because your goodness is running after, it's pursuing us. And so help us, God. Help us to lay down everything and to to follow you. Follow your goodness. Because, God, you are so good. God, we lift this all in the mighty and the matchless name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. In response, I'm going to ask that you would, you would stand as you are able and join in, in kind of the song. We kind of fit right into the song that we sang just before the message. God is so good. Has God been good to you? That's not a rhetorical question. Has God been good to you? 
Amen. I'm going to invite you to join with all of us uh, here in the community room for fellowship afterwards. Uh, and, uh, and for those of you who are worshiping online, I hope you have some refreshments that you can enjoy as well. Uh, I'd say enjoy them from your pontoon boat, but I can't because actually Josie and Bill are here, so they're not on their pontoon boat this morning. Uh, but enjoy this wonderful day that God has blessed us with. Uh, and if, uh, but go forth from this place knowing that the love of God, the goodness of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.